Hey y'all, I'm super excited this week to be bringing you two people in two separate episodes, but in one big episode. And both of these gals attended TCU Ranch Management. And I just wanted to share a little bit about the program and highlight it because I think it's a really unique opportunity for people to hear about. And something both girls said in their interviews was, you know, TCU Ranch Management taught them how to manage their resources and that has made them successful since graduation. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our first interview with Morgan Brown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy, y'all. You've made it back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Basically Famous Podcast. Now, here's your host, Tyler. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. I'm very excited today to be sitting down with one of my childhood friends, Morgan. So, Morgan, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I was born and raised in Brackettville. Um, I went to high school in Brackettville. I graduated and went to A&M for my undergrad and studied business management. And then after that, I graduated in 2019 from A&M and then went to TCU Ranch Management. Um, I graduated there in the spring of 2020, I believe. So, and then I went back home and I'm working on our family ranch and helping out there. Awesome. So you mentioned you went to A&M. You also rodeoed while you were at A&M and you still rodeo. So talk a little bit about how did you balance school, rodeo, you know, keeping your horses fed. There's not many places in town where you can keep your horses right where you stay in College Station. Yeah, so that was definitely a challenge. Um, I don't know, now looking back, if... I would rodeo again in college just because my major was pretty challenging. I don't feel like I really excelled in either, either my education or rodeo. I, I did good. I mean, I had success in both. I passed all my classes and I won a couple of rodeos, but um, I didn't make like the finals or anything. Um, but it was, it was a good experience. I mean, I had to, yeah, live outside of town the place I lived the last, I guess, two and a half years at school, I had to drive like 30 minutes to class. So that was kind of stressful. But um, I guess it was good. I mean, I still got to meet people because of rodeo and all that. So when I know like at a like the coach is a volunteer. So it's way different at Tarleton where yeah. the coach is paid, mandatory practice. And so you have to be very self-motivated. Oh, for sure. It's definitely not really structured by any means I mean unless you do it yourself but I was lucky enough to live at a place that had a nice arena and I could have calves and goats and whatever I needed to practice and everything was right there so it it was good best case scenario I guess <laughs> well you also mentioned you went to TC Ranch Management so tell us a little bit about what that entails um the one-year program and then we'll talk some more about that okay so um 
it's called TCU mm-hmm. Ranch Management, but I really think it's more of a school for, and it's a nine-month program. It's not a, you know, a, a degree you get. It's a certificate, but it's really about resource management, I'd say. Um, but it definitely, it was really cool to get to go there after being at AM and studying business management and then going there to ranch management and getting to kind of tie everything together in a way that I knew I would use. <laughs> it was really cool and everything kind of made more sense once I got there and they put it in terms that I understood better. Um, but yeah, it was, the experience was awesome. I mean, anybody that's considering going, it was definitely, I mean, life-changing. That kind of sounds dramatic, but it really was. And it helped me be more confident coming back to like our family operation and really having more of a direction that I, I wouldn't have had, you know, coming back just after getting my degree from a Yeah. And I don't know anybody who went to TCU Ranch Management that didn't love it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I know says, you know, it's pretty challenging and it's intense since it is yes. only nine months. Yeah. And then you'll take like six trips, right? Yeah. Field trips. So we get to go out in the field and kind of apply what we've learned and, you know, get to hear other people's um, experiences, good or bad. And, you know, what they've learned, we get to, you don't really get that in the real world, you know, so it really gives you a leg up, I think, going back to either a family operation or trying to find a job. That's awesome. Well, I'm also huge on women in ranching, women in ag. And so I know, you know, like maybe, 20% 20% of the class at TC Ranch Management is girls. Yeah. And so it's a very male dominated program, but so is ranching. So talk a little bit about being a girl, you know, how many other girls were in your class and it was it kind of like, okay, we've all got to stick together because we're girls Yeah, and we're going up against, you know, I think they take up to 36 guys. Yeah. How are we going to do this? Yeah. So in my class, there were three girls, including me. And I think 20, there were either 20 guys or 20 total. I can't remember, but, um, I mean, it was it was a great experience being a girl. They were all so respectful. I felt like all of our opinions were heard just as much as the guys, you know. I think that, I don't know, definitely probably being in the real world, like in the industry has been a little more challenging in that aspect. I've kind of seen, I don't know, bias, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's different. different men better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> definitely don't feel as respected maybe but um for the most part it it was a really good experience for me I can't speak for for every girl that went through but I think that it was awesome and really prepared me for the real world so you're on a multi-generational ranch you know and you live an hour really from town by the time you get back there and so talk about you know what do you feel like is the biggest asset you bring to the ranch and being the youngest generation on it so I think that I've helped a lot in promoting like better communication since it is still a family operation. (laughs) I feel like I've helped in that aspect and then just kind of bringing new ideas to the family operation. Um, And I really haven't, I mean, they've kind of always talked about this at TCU, like you might get pushed back when you go back home and you're like, oh, let's do this. And you have all these ideas and like the people that have been there forever, they're like, whoa, slow down. You know, but I really feel like I've been listened to and and I feel like I've brought a lot of good new ideas that, that they might take a long time to implement, but I feel like it's a good start. 
do you have any future plans or anything, you know, you want to implement on the ranch and then you still do rodeo some, you ride horses. And so kind of talk about that aspect too. You're like, you know, any big plans there? Are you training horses? Kind of what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I guess I'll start with the ranch. Um, so right now I'm just trying to improve infrastructure, <laughs> which has been a long process because of mainly because of funding, <laughs> you know, I can't really pay for it all myself and still make a profit. So I've been applying for like equip stuff and all that. And so I'd really like to work towards right now, our cow calf operation is kind of, I mean, we produce a good quality calves and everything, but it's kind of all over the place. We don't have a real uniform calf crop and all that. So that's kind of what I'm trying to get to, you know, better fences where I can do rotational grazing and pull my bulls out. I mean, that's something we haven't even really been able to do because of the fencing. We don't have anywhere to put them. So, you know, producing like a more marketable calf and stuff like that is really what I'm trying to get to. And then I still have some sheep on the ranch. So um, the fencing would help with them, you know, it's still challenging with predators, you know that. <laughs> it's real hard to raise lambs, but um, I'd, I'd like to try still and with better infrastructure, I think we might be able to do it. And then um, in the arena, let's see, I have some colts right now that I'm riding and I guess the main goal, and it's always been my dream is to rodeo and try to make the finals, but um, I can't really afford to like go by a finished horse. So Right now, I'm just riding colts, and, you know, if I get a horse that could make it happen, that's something I'd really like to do, and if I have somebody at home that can take care of everything, that's a big part, but, yeah. We live so far from everywhere, too, so um, put into perspective, you know, for someone who doesn't know, like, yes, you might can go to the Fairplex and run a couple <laughs> times, but, you know, how far minimal are you looking at driving to just go run horses? I mean, if I can find a girl race three and a half hours away that's like I'm doing good yeah <laughs> that's that's pretty nice and yeah the paraplex is there but it's still not like going to a jackpot you know to exhibition colts or anything so it's definitely challenging here I mean it's it's tough but also having the ranch to ride outside and ride through calves or whatever helps a lot too and making horses so well if you could give your younger self any advice what do you think you would say oh my gosh um, I think I just say be confident in yourself because I feel like that's something I've kind of always struggled with. And like I talked earlier about, you know, it's a male dominated industry, like you said, and I've definitely gotten better about being more assertive. And so I think <laughs> I wish I would have told myself earlier on, which I think it's also something you just learn over time, but probably told myself to be confident and be assertive and believe in what you're saying and doing. That's awesome. Well, I ask every guest on the podcast the same question, and that is if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? So this may not seem very original, but the first thing that comes to mind is just be kind. That's really, I mean, that's genuinely what I I feel like I would put out there because um, you never know what somebody's going through and and it could help somebody. You never know what kind of day they're having. Thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast. We really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you've made your way here. And I'm doing something on the podcast I haven't done yet. And I'm interviewing someone I virtually don't know. 
Um, we were connected through a mutual friend, which is something so cool about the podcast is it's connecting us with people we don't know. But for our listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself and uh, how we got connected. Okay. Yeah. My name is Letty McKinney and one of my good friends, Kelsey Farley, she went through the TCU Ranch Management Program and that's how kind of we got connected. So that's basically that. <laughs> um, I'm a fourth generation rancher and farmer. I farm and ranch in Southwest Kansas. So and we do kind of a little bit of everything. I'm a little bit of an entrepreneurial uh, person. I like to have a lot of eggs in my basket, I guess you could say, but but the biggest bulk of what I do is I came back home to help my family's operations. So that is so unique. Well, talk a little bit about what your role on the ranch is. You said you have lots of eggs in your basket and you wear many hats. And so what does that look like? So typically like my dad, it's just my dad and I am a fourth generation, uh, like I said, and I came back home in 2019. I was in the feed yard a couple of years prior to that. So I gleaned a lot of experience in the feed yard and I learned so much of what I do today. Um, but typically on a, like right now we're really busy with yearlings. We bring in yearlings every year to run on wheat pasture. So right now they're actually just grazing cotton sticks. So which <laughs> this is the first year we ever grew cotton. So it's a completely different ball game for us and learning, you know, carrying capacity and all that for cotton sticks is <laughs> a little bit different, but, uh, so right now we're super busy with cattle, but it's very seasonal because we do, that's the cool part about our operation is we're very much 50, 50. We're not a hundred percent cows and we're not a hundred percent farming. So I think it's really cool how I get to integrate bet, the best of both worlds really is what I like to call it is uh, being 50% farming where we do corn and alfalfa, wheat, milo, cotton <laughs> this year. And then, um, then we have just a typical cow calf herd. And then the yearlings. So, um, and with on top of the cows, I also have a meat company where I sell beef directly to producers. So that's another, where I have another hat that I wear. And then I also own a wedding venue and have an Airbnb, Airbnb in Southwest Kansas. It's an old grain bin that we converted and it's a super fun, fun space. And I'm in a very secluded place and I would have never thought that it would have been busy, but it is busy all the time and it's a huge blessing. So it's really cool. That is, you would literally do so many things. That is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't even know. It just depends on the day. I hate when people ask me, what are you doing today? I'm like, I have no idea. Putting out another fire somewhere. <laughs> so starting with direct to consumer. So I've actually interviewed another girl who does this. And so Tell our listeners a little bit about what that process looks like. Um, what, like, kind of how you're cutting out the middleman per se in this process. And for you, how much different that looks like? How much additional responsibility do you have? Yeah. Um, and that's something I talk about all the time because I take a ton of responsibility on the beef I'm providing to my customers. Uh, because it is a quality product. It's a premium product. You know, people are paying more money. So I take a ton of responsibility and I always um, kind of educate people like, you know, we still do sell our calves on the traditional cow, you know, traditional commodity market, sell barn, superior, whatever. We still do that with our steers, but our heifer calves, we actually sell them directly. And the reason for that is just to offer a premium product that we would necessarily get cuts, you know, different different aspects like that. Um, but once they leave our ranch, you know, on a traditional market, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea 
how it's going to affect a person. I have no responsibility. Once it leaves my ranch, I don't see it ever again, you know? And I just really didn't like, like I, there was no accountability aspect unless I would do the follow-up. Like I could call the sale barn or I could call superior and say, Hey, who bought our calves? I really want to know how they performed in the feed yard. Um, and if they, how they graded in Tyson or JBS or wherever they went. Um, so I really didn't like that because I wasn't, I wasn't sure as a producer on how, what quality of beef I was producing, you know, um, or if my genetics were good, bad, what I needed to change, you know, I mean, I could tailor it for our operation, but at the end, the end goal is to make sure my consumers were getting a good quality product. So that's where the responsibility aspect for me comes in is just making sure I'm producing a very high quality premium product. And that's something like all my customers are usually return customers. If they buy once, they usually come back. So I know I'm doing my job good. And I find, like I just take so much ownership in it because I love feeding people. Um, it's just a huge calling that I have. And providing them with a high quality product that they know and they can trust to feed their family with. So that's kind of well, where it came from, I guess, is the gist of it <laughs> and so how long have you had your direct to consumer beef sales this is my fifth year <laughs> so so you were really doing it before it became popular you know I really think in 2021 even 2020 with COVID you know more and more people started buying halves and holes or even just more locally and so you were really hitting the ground before it was s popular for some people you know for my family we've always processed a whole steer at a time and had it to eat, but not everybody has that luxury. Yeah, absolutely. And it, that was cool. You know, actually pre 2020, I always tell people like 2020 was probably the best thing that could have happened to producers because people started asking questions. I'm like, Hey, why are the grocery store shelves empty? You know? Um, so like that was honestly the best thing because pre 2020, it was hard. It was very, very hard to sell beef and, and I mean, it's still hard in its own aspect and it changes every year. Like sometimes my local market carries me and then sometimes my online sales carry me. So I think there, you have to have diversity whenever you're doing it and you can't just be like, oh, I'm only doing this or I'm only doing that because it's not every year changes. I wish I could give you a cookie cutter example. This works and you're going to make a million bucks and it's not like that at all. <laughs> so <laughs> I agree with that. I actually just told someone on a phone interview, you know, like if you can't diversify your business, it's going to die um, because yeah. things change and times change. And so you diversify your business with also having a wedding venue. So what inspired a wedding venue? What does that look like? Um, you know, is it close to your Airbnb? And so is that why your Airbnb gets a ton of traffic or kind of how does that work? Yeah, I honestly, the wedding venue was totally unintentional. I did not intend to do that. Um, but there was just, like I said, I'm in a very secluded, you know, we're 10 miles from the Colorado state line, 100 miles from, actually it's 80 miles, I guess, from the nearest Walmart. So we're very remote. Um, and there was just really no place for anybody in my community or even in the surrounding areas because I started in 2020. Awful year to start a wedding venue, by the way. <laughs> but, um, so we started in 2020 and there was just no, there was no place for people to get married that wanted kind of like your rustic ranch, bohemian, western country wedding type per se. Um, and my sister actually got married and that's kind of what inspired it. She was like, you know, I, I would really like to get married on the ranch. I was like, 
well, there's this place or there's this place where we could do it at the round top, which is, you know, that's what we call it is the round top. It's just a, and at the time when we started it, it didn't have, it was just a structure that held protein tubs um, because I sell protein tubs and salt mineral too. Um, so at the time it didn't have any real purpose per se. <laughs> so we kind of ups, we upscaled the structure and created a wedding venue. And then it also just really offered our community something where they could come together and celebrate these big these big celebrations, whether it's weddings or funerals or baby showers, bridal showers, quinceañeras. Um, we do we've done everything, graduation parties, so concerts. We've had a little bit of everything out here, so it's been really good for the community, and that's ultimately why I started it was for our community. So, I love that. Well. The main reason um, I connected with Kelsey and got connected to you was um, I have a huge interest in TCU Ranch Management because I work with them so closely in my professional life. And I think it's a really great program. And I love to highlight women in ag. And so talk to our listeners a little bit about TCU Ranch Management and what the program is and what it looked like for you. And then touch a little bit on, obviously, ranching is a male-dominated world. Um, so what did it look like being a girl in a program where, you know, I know it's usually like 24 guys, six girls, more or less each year. And so it's a lot of guys. There are a lot of guys in the program. I think there were, there were three girls in my class. <laughs> so it was, and it was, uh, I think we had 30, if I remember right. So, you know, out of three girls out of 30, but it was still fun. Um, so I went to Oklahoma State University for my undergrad and then I went for animal science and was like, oh, I'm going to be a vet. I want to go to vet school. And then I don't know, um, actually long short story, but my dad has a lot of health issues and I just kind of felt like I wasn't supposed to go be in school for four more years. So one of my friends told me about the TCU Ranch Management Program and it, I looked on the, on the website and it was everything I needed to know to run a business, you know, like how to market, how to have a business plan, how to budget, how to do it. Like I knew how to take care of cows, but I didn't really necessarily know how to run a business. And I knew eventually I would need to learn how to know, you know, I need to know how to run a business. Um, <clears throat> so when I interviewed one of my professors, the professor I interviewed with, he was like, this program is not going to change just your life, but it's also going to change your kid's life and your grandchildren's life. And I was like, Oh, this guy, he's blowing smoke up my butt. <laughs> There's no way that's it, it's actually gonna do this. But he was sure right. Um, so it's been the the program itself, there was no way if I did not go through that program, I would be doing what I'm doing and have the confidence to do what I'm doing. Um, when I graduated TCU, I made a business management plan, which is what you do in school. And I did it on our family operation and we looked at it, you know, you have to look at economical units and all that. And um, so I took what I learned at TCU and I went to a bank and I was like, hey, look, this is where we're at. I need an operating note for our operation because we didn't have an operating note at the time. I don't know how we were doing it, honestly. <laughs> I have no clue. Uh, but we didn't have an operating note at the time. And um, yeah, so I, I, I had the confidence to be able to go do that and start the business and continue our family operation going. And like I said, my dad's health <clears throat> isn't very good. So at the time he was really just struggling. He just had a second brain surgery, brain tumor. Um, so 
just going through that program equipped me to be able to walk through all of the stuff that I do today and be able to go to the banker for a note for the round top, the wedding venue, and <laughs> just having the tools in my toolbox and even being able to market our cattle better and use the futures and options is huge. You know, it's, that helps me make money <laughs> that I wouldn't have in my pocket. So that's the program in itself. I can't ever talk enough about everybody needs to go through it. <laughs> and it seems like what you learned in the program, not only changed your ag business, but you're using it in your wedding venue, your Airbnb. Yes. In your everyday life. Yeah. And that's the cool part too, is because they teach you, they teach you how to, you know, manage a ranch. They teach you how to manage your resources, I should say, which is huge because you might have different resources than what I have. And it might not be just um, grassland or native grass. It could be crop ground. You know, it, it focuses on ranch management. But the cool part about it is it teaches you how to be inquisitive. It teaches you how to question. It teaches you how to think for yourself and problem solve and look at your resources and how, how can I utilize them best? So teaches well, you how to run a business. <laughs> as, as a, as a female on a multi-generational ranch, what is your, what do you think is the biggest asset you bring to the ranch? You know, people talk about, you know, well, I went and got educated and maybe they didn't go to TCU, but they went somewhere else. And I came back with all these ideas and my parents were like, no, no, no. And my grandparents were like, no, we're never going to do that. And so, you know, do you, do you fear pushback? Is that something you get? Or do you believe, you know, you're truly an asset and you bring new ideas to the table? Oh yeah. There's been, and this is the biggest piece of advice I give to any young people. Cause if you come in ramrod and out of school and say, we're going to do all of this different and blah, blah, blah. Like it's been stages, you know? We've had to do it like, I, of course, I came out of school and I was on fire, ready to change the world. You know, after you leave that program, you're like, yes, let's go. And then you come home or you go to a feed yard or you go to another workplace, wherever it might be. And they're like, oh, you're just young and dumb and you don't know anything, you know. So you have to really learn and it's a personal responsibility, but you have to really learn, okay, can I push this subject or can I? you know, you have to kind of gauge a give and take a little bit. And it's been pieces as we've grown. You know, first it was the meat company. My dad was like, oh, you're never going to sell meat to people. Like nobody's ever going to do that, you know? And then, so, and then once you start doing it and you're like, well, I'm going to try. And if I fail, at least like, I know I tried and I started selling and I started selling more and my dad's like oh wow and then it really got real whenever he's helping me load boxes you know so the best thing you can do is show them you know you don't just talk about it like you actually get in there and you uh you grind out with them day in and day out so that's the biggest piece of advice and being a woman like <laughs> I always say I'm a half a man and my dad's half a man and not necessarily because I don't have the brains, but it's because of the muscle power, <laughs> you know, like men just have stronger muscle power than what we do typically. And um, so that's probably my biggest struggle, but being the woman, um, I haven't really, like I've run into it and it is a challenge in a lot of aspects because um, you just get pushback because people think you're just a pretty face which is fine, 
but I'm not, and I'll show you. And I think that's something where we can, as women, step up in the industry is like, whenever you work alongside someone and you show them like, hey, I can do what you do, just teach me. You know, I just want to learn. Will I ever be a good mechanic? Probably not. <laughs> there are certain things like I will probably, I will never be a good mechanic at, but I will dang sure try my best at everything else, you know? Um, you bring up a good point in that you do get pushback. So my background is I come from a completely women-run business. My grandpa passed away before I was born. So my grandma has always managed like the books and the finances. And then my mom uh, graduated from AM and came home and she's like running the ranch. Like my mom makes the day-to-day decisions, but then she also is doing the books for her own stuff and, you know, her own cattle she runs and things like that. And so she always talks about like, when she first started in the nineties, like she would go to the feed store and they would be like, is that really what you want? And she would be like, yeah, like I know what I need. And (laughs) as time has built, you know, her reputation and people's trust in her has grown. And it sounds kind of like, that's the same thing with your dad. Even like you started with one thing and you showed him like you could be successful in it. And then he trusts you with more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the, you know, whether you're a male or female in any industry, I think that's how you, that's how you have to do it. You have to earn people's respect. You have to earn people's trust and you don't earn it by just sitting there on your phone. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you have to work hard and grind with them and sweat as much as they sweat and be willing to get a little dirty sometimes. (laughs) Of all the things, any big future plans on the ranch, wedding venue, your direct-to-consumer beef sales, any big plans in 2023 you hope to accomplish? Oh, yeah. There's always new projects. I, I told myself I wasn't going to start new projects because obviously I have too many as it is. But uh, So my biggest thing for 2023 is we're really trying to get a new set of corrals built because ours are 100 years old. <laughs> you know, they've just been pieced together over the years. So that's a big project we're working on. And then um, getting the wedding venue finish up, getting it insulated just because it's not completely insulated. Uh, So we've had to grow in stages and that's, you know, something too, I always want to tell, like, you just don't hit overnight success. Like you have to break it up. And when finances come in, then you kind of got to start again. And So those are the two big things. And then with the meat company, um, I'm working on creating some specialty products like beef jerky and summer sausage and stuff like that. I'm super excited about. So those are kind of the big, we should try We'll try and get this (laughs) this year, you know, so. That's awesome. Well, I ask all my guests on the podcast, the same one question, and that's if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? Probably keep like, fail forward. That would be, that's probably my life motto is fail forward. If you don't try, you don't know. You just have to keep, even if you fail, like there has been a lot of times I have failed and I, I just kept trying, you know, I've learned so much from my failing failures and they've catapulted me forward. So I just always say fail forward, just keep trying, just keep, you might have to tweak it a little bit or make a new plan, but just keep failing forward. So that's so good. How can our listeners connect, shop, uh, product, find all the all there is to find out about you? Where can they connect with you on socials or online? Okay, so I have a website. It's called www.mc. 
bar ranch, but it just has the dash, you know, dot com. And then you can find me on Instagram at letty.mckinney or TikTok, Facebook, wherever. So I'm very findable on the interwebs. <laughs> well, we will be sure to link all that in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're wanting to get to the website, we'll link that for y'all as well as her Instagram. And thank you so much for taking some time to sit down with me. I have really loved chatting with you. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.